0: You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Austin. And of course, we are joined, as always, by Mike. Hello. And we are doing an episode tonight. Um, we're just going to jump right in on the Goddess Diana. One of our uh, regular listeners shot this over to the Salty Witches Podcast at gmail.com to ask us if we could do an episode on this, since we've kind of done an episode on Lucifer and Hecate. So... I didn't recall that this was a listener request. Yeah, it was a listener request. Okay, cool. Yeah. all right. So, um, to the listener, Jasper, thank you so much. Oh, Jasper, who is a regular... Yes. ...feature on the podcast now. Yes. Um, So, um, but also, there were a couple others. There was... We had a listener named Hannah who requested it, and then there's another listener, Hannah, who actually has a question that we, we want to answer tonight. We have multiple Hannahs? Yeah. Okay, do you have that question? Because I
1: do not. Yes, I do. Lovely. All right. Really quickly before we dive into the topic of Diana, I, I was thinking I was brushing my teeth this morning. Was it this morning? I'm so glad that you have good oral hygiene. Actually, it wasn't this morning. I was brushing my teeth last night, and I think um, because I got home and I fixed myself an adult beverage. Oh. <gasps> sinner um and i was a little heavy on the rum um hey this liver is not gonna kill itself uh but i think i overdid it (laughs) because as i was brushing my teeth i somehow managed to flip my toothbrush out of my mouth and poke myself in the right eye just 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 very very lightly like it wasn't like oh god i lost an eye um but it was interesting afterwards because like my right eye had like that cool mint tingle. It didn't burn as much as I thought it would. I was like, oh god, this is it, this cannot be a good thing to get toothpaste in your eye. Oh my god, I'm going to be blinded for life. Then I can get one of those cool patches that I'm always joking about, um, or like a glass eyeball that looks like a dragon. That would be really cool, actually. Yeah, maybe I'd go that route. I'd do the glass eye. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I was I am okay. I was able to see today. Oh, good. My, my eye no longer feels minty-fresh.
0: Um, oh, that's sad.
1: But my mouth does. Oh, that's good. Well, sort of. Uh, anyway, back to my point. I was doing this, and while I was doing that, I was thinking, we refer to ourselves on the podcast as hosts a lot. Are we really hosts? Like, is host really the term... Like I was thinking about this last night. Is like, are we hosts? Are think we, about weird are we MCs? Brush your teeth. Like, what what are we really? I guess we're not really MCs, right? Because this isn't a ceremony, right? We're not masters of ceremony in this. It was just an odd thing. Anyway, Diana, we're um, your
0: salty witch
1: bitches. Don't try to brush your eyes with toothpaste.
0: Mike already did it, and he's here to tell you it's not a good thing.
1: I don't recommend it. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Have a good night. So Diana, yes, no, no voices tonight, damn it, I told you, no voices. Okay, all right, so Diana, okay, so um, I'm going to ask you in a moment, Austin, to explain to our listeners who she is, okay, but before you go there, okay, I do want to preface, I know people are, God, people are messaging me, I apologize everybody for the uh, little vibration noises, Um. So I I want to preface that, though, before we kind of dive into this, that the Diana that we're going to be speaking about tonight, this is the Witches' Diana. Yes. Okay? Um, If you are listening to the podcast and you are someone that is really kind of more paganistic, particularly Hellenistic, or someone that would be uh, maybe more within the branch, say like maybe like Dianic Wiccan, um, a lot of what we're going to be talking about um, is probably going to be new or uh, very different, maybe, than... Not in Dianic Wiccan. No? no, really. Mm. I don't know if I agree with that, but that's okay. Um,
0: well, you don't have Wiccan initiation. So you wouldn't no, be able but to I'm say that. But, no,
1: but I'm familiar enough with Wicca and particularly some of the less savory details of Dianic Wicca to know that. Well, this yeah, because is Z- probably Budapest, not. The, but um, anyway, so my point is that this is not going to be the Diana that you probably have read about in a lot of books on Hellenistic mm-hmm. gods. Um, this is a book. A book. This is an episode where we will be discussing Diana from the perspective of uh, Mediterranean witchcraft. Hellenistic pagans, paganism, we've said this on the podcast a lot, paganism and witchcraft are not the same thing. You can be a pagan and a witch, but pagans and witches are not the same thing. Yes, just because you are a pagan does not automatically make you a witch all right so having said that so austin who is diana
0: diana
1: okay kind of like in a nutshell like like for like as an intro
0: to for for some of our listeners maybe who are not as familiar who is diana diana from the mediterranean perspective um she is she's like the first spark of consciousness really um an old mediterranean lore she was originally a dark goddess um, and it's because she was associated with stars, and the ancient Italians, or Etruscans, um, actually, you know, if it was stars, it was dark. Darkness. She was a dark, dark mm-hmm. goddess. Um, <clears throat> she is a mother. She is a protectress. She is a goddess of witches, like witchcraft. Um, she is a queen. She's considered queen of witches. She's considered queen of the Laza and the Hata. Or most commonly known as fairy. She's known as fairy queens. Uh, uh, goddess of wild places. So she's kind of...
1: She's also a huntress. You she's a huntress. huntress.
0: Um, she's not... I wouldn't say she's necessarily virginal as much as she is kind of a goddess of chastity in the sense that she she's very much like, just don't give it
1: away to any old fool. Well, she's not virginal in the sense that she she is deemed to be a mother. Mm-hmm. Though I think that, that bears... Uh, looking at I think, a little more closely, because we we often talk about deities uh, parenting other uh, spirits and mm-hmm. other endemigods, right, other deities. Um, but I think it's um, probably fair to say that a lot of the time that that happens, like, the gods don't necessarily have to reproduce or procreate the same way that we do. No. You know, they can create simply by thinking, yes. right? They're gods. Um One other thing, you mentioned the ancient Etruscans, and I do want to clarify, in case anybody who listens to this episode, if you go digging, in that culture, they would not have referred to this goddess by the name Diana. No, it would have been Tana. Um, Tana, for one, yes. Um, Or Uni. Or Uni, yes, exactly. Um, So, anyway, so, all right. So, good good information there, thank you. All right, so you mentioned in the process of of kind of um, explaining that, some of her archetypes. You know, you mentioned things like Mother... Huntress Queen You know all these things All these archetypes Um, How are archetypes Not necessarily those specific to Diana But how are archetypes uh, Significant or how can they be Significant
0: to us in our witchcraft practice Well Archetypes Psychologically are Root Characteristics Of particular things you know, So we see the archetype of the witch. Mm-hmm. The archetype of the witch, they cavort with otherworldly forces. They usually have some sort of knowledge around uh, medicine in forms of herbalism. They know the ways of things. Um, they, uh, the, the witch is also usually seen as an outcast or someone who is on the outskirts of society. The the heretics. The heretics. so. But we also have the mother archetype. You know, when when we talk about mother archetype, this is someone or the idea of caring for things, raising, directing, guiding, nurturing, discipline. Um, We also see things around the, the archetype of the dark goddess. The dark goddess is usually the archetype of the more unsavory things not necessarily bad just things that most of those those shadowy aspects right that no one really wants to deal with you know uh the fact that uh, a really prime example is that the dark goddess aspect teaches us that you you need to stop being a victim if you are only going to ever be a victim then you're going to be a victim and you're going to become a victim no matter what. No matter how many spells you work. No how, no matter how many moon ceremonies you release for no longer serving you. Anything like that. If you're always putting yourself in the mindset of a victim that everyone else out to get you, then yeah, you're going to be. You're and always going to be a victim. All your life. All your life. And that's never going to change. And a lot of people don't like to hear that because they think, well, no, people are just picking on me. And the dark goddess's message is, No. You're allowing that. Like, take back your power. Pick up your sword and and take back your power. And you go. you are continuing to allow these people in your life. You'll cut the head off that monster. Yes, you're continuing to allow these people in your life. You're not for, setting for, any healthy boundaries. For, for legal reasons, I must say, please don't go cut anyone's head off with a with a knife yes. or a sword. You know, you're allowing these people to do these things. Set your boundaries. Hold your boundaries. But boundaries are hard. Tough shit. Life's hard. That's that's the archetype of the dark, dark goddess. Okay. So okay. So all right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there because you you okay. Alright,
1: so all right, archetypes I think are interesting things when we look at them, and again, this is not necessarily relevant or specific to Diana, but I think there's this idea in more, like, neo-paganistic practices, I have these conversations with people, that archetypes are something that were kind of, like, um, born of the minds of, say, like, early behavioral scientists, people like Carl Jung, right, who very often is given credit with that term, and I believe, yes, as far as the formal introduction of the term archetypes into the zeitgeist of, you know, human language, society, whatever, right? yes, I think Carl Jung does certainly deserve that credit, but the, the concept of archetypes, these things, this was something that was in existence long before, mm-hmm. um, you know, any of that, and something that has had... Uh, or has very old applications, not only to witchcraft, but even to um, even older folk and shamanic practices. Remember the practice of witchcraft or what we identify as witchcraft today is still relatively new. Many, many years ago, we would not have been witches. We would have been folk magicians or shamans or whatever the hell else our culture would, mm-hmm. have, would have used as a title, right? Yeah. Um. So, okay, so thank you, all right. So, focusing back a bit more on Diana, okay? in explaining some of the details of her one of the things that you mentioned okay and I think that this is also a good thing to be maybe elaborating a little bit on uh, or or using as a distinction between the which is Diana and the Diana that we so commonly see in uh, Hellenistic paganism right um, Hellenistic pagans have these strong associations with the moon mm-hmm. and Diana and in uh, a more modern or contemporary sense, uh, Mediterranean witches witches who work with Diana we've also somewhat of a, have adopted the, the alignment or the association with the moon mm-hmm. but you mentioned initially that she was a goddess of darkness mm-hmm. um, and her first true alignment would have been the, the blackness of space yes. right and so she is then often seen to be uh, in connection with stars or starlight mm-hmm. in that she was the idea is she was the shadow or the blackness of space that held the stars aloft Mm -hmm. is kind of one of her many yes attributes right so um what's your what's your your idea on that how do you think that we got from these very old school associations to like darkness and starlight you know the blackness that shapes or frames the stars um how do you think we got to that point or from that point to the moon today At least as far as as strong associations or correspondences
0: to Diana. I'm going to go pretty, pretty historical and say that it's because of her association with the wild hunt where she would cart the souls that had died that month back up to the moon. So that's what I'm going to say. And can, you, can you beef that up a little bit, though,
1: that, that idea, that story? Because, again, many people are not familiar with okay. the, her as the hunter of souls
0: and the cycle of the moon. So in ancient Etruscan and Italian folklore, Diana um, was the, or is, the twin to Lucifer. Um, obviously, back then, it would have been Uni and Tinea. Um As Uni, her job was to hunt the souls that had died that month and carry them back up to the moon the moon which was the celestial spiritual forest is usually like souls for like the restless dead
1: these were usually yes. like souls of people who kind of died in shitty ways yes
0: and the idea is that as she did that throughout the month the moon would get fuller and fuller and more full and then once it was full Um, As it started to decrease, those souls were being reincarnated and sent back to Earth. So that is how her association with the moon, to me, happened. Also, her connection to Lake Nemi. Okay, yes,
1: Lake Lake Nemi. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about Lake Nemi in a few minutes. Um, What do you you think around, uh, again, issues of... Because I find that Diana is another uh, goddess that is um, very often syncretized or is Uh very often... a, a spirit that is has been I, I don't want to say victimized because it's not necessarily a victimization to be syncretized uh depending um but colonized. um hmm? colonized i wouldn't even say colonized because we're looking at cultures that really for the most part were, were favorable to each other right um i think that what, what i guess where i'm going with that is that we have in other cultures throughout the mediterranean we have the worship of goddesses like artemis we have you know and a lot of people are like well Diana and Artemis are basically the same thing and it's like no no oh no no very different yeah. gods very different gods um, but even other other goddesses like Selene mm-hmm. who really truly is a goddess of moon of the moon right and there's a lot of conflation I think there and a lot of issues around synchronization um, I'm wondering if that's also something that hasn't maybe been a, a an issue there where we see these now these more uh, neo-paganistic ties to the moon yeah so all right you you mentioned or you threw out kind of this this story of Diana being the hauntress of souls and how she sends these souls back to the moon, which is where uh, it is believed that there are forests on the moon, right? Mm-hmm. And in some of the old stories, this is one that is very obscure. only witches that really come from this area of the world, from the Mediterranean area of the world, maybe you're familiar with this story. but in some of the stories, The souls of the untimely dead, the restless dead. Those who die under horrible circumstances or those who die and are not properly grieved. Mm -hmm. Um, These souls assume through uh, particular alignments with the faces of the moon, these souls assume the forms of deer, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is one of the other reasons why Diana is uh, attributed or is, is associated with deer specifically, we see different alignments or different uh, representations and symbols there. I was just mentioning a moment ago the distinction or one of the distinctions between Diana and Artemis is that Diana is very tied or strongly tied to deer and will have strong depictions of deer and again we're focusing on the witches Diana, deer and the hare or rabbits Mm -hmm. where Artemis is going to have much stronger ties to wolves Mm -hmm. and hounds Um, So that's one of the distinctions there. But, But Diana basically, as a huntress, she comes down and she gathers these souls that have assumed the shape or the form of deer. And yes, and she does return these souls or take these souls up to the moon, where it is believed that there are vast forests that sit Mm -hmm. in the craters, the dark spaces or spots on the moon are believed to be vast forests Mm -hmm. where these souls kind of temporarily hang out Mm -hmm. until they are eased into what would in a sense kind of be the next life or, or a form of reincarnation. Yeah. So I always love that story because it, to me, it not only brings up the, again, the archetype of Diana as Huntress, but it also uh, conveys in kind of a roundabout way the um, the the kindness of this goddess. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a a spirit that, you know, goes around and, you know, specifically seeks out souls who have, you know, in essence, been harmed and who are lost, right? And she brings them home. Mm-hmm. In in a in a sense, or prepares them for whatever it is that ultimately comes next. So so I think that that is one of the reasons why I've, I've always I've always really kind of liked Diana. Mm-hmm. Um, what other interesting lore do do we maybe want to provide or share on Diana that would be uh,
0: perhaps a bit different than what many other people here or have read on her? Um, well, Diana is a twin. We talked about that. She's part of a divine, a divine twin kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and it, she is the female counterpart to Lucifer or the Svetas, who is the light. Another, another very uh, controversial figure. Yes, within uh, occult and paganistic circles. Well, is it's Lucifer. So, it's so weird because the 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 Diana that we're talking about is a little bit more Roman. Just because of where she hails from. And Luciferus is also Roman. But no one really talks about that. You know, uh, we see in more ancient lore, we see Uni as Diana, uh, who as she uh, descended to the earth to help things. Uh, (laughs) uh, Tinia or Lucifer descended and fell um in particular spaces and for etruscan or italian witches there are particular places of power in that area of the world that are sacred to us one of which is mount vesuvius Yes, mount Ves. yes of vesuvius yes vesuvius yes which is where uh lucifer fell and and to this day there are still uh
1: mediterranean or pagans in that area that will go to make offering yeah to lucifer at mount
0: vesuvius yes, yes. um and then lake Nemi. Okay, Um, now Lake Nemi, uh, N-E-M-I, is where it is believed that Diana fell. And this is a beautiful, beautiful lake that's fairly still. And on the nights of the full moon, no matter where the moon is at, it's always there. It's shining in that big, beautiful pool of serene water.
1: So you mentioned Lake Namy, and um, I think it is important at this point maybe to let our listeners know that if you do some research into the history of worship around a Dianic cults, her cults of worship many, many years ago Mm -hmm. in the Mediterranean, you will find um, uh, evidence of the, I believe, one of her uh, best-known temples – the, which is the Temple of Arecia which is spelled A-R-I-C-I-A, the Temple of Aracia. Um Is it Aracia or it's, Aracia? It's Aracia. Well, the Italians would probably pronounce it Arecia, but we're not living in Italy right now. So, anyway, and it doesn't exist anymore anyway. Yeah. Okay, but uh, but the Temple of Aracia was um, actually built, uh, I believe, into the uh, neighboring hills of Lake Nemi. Yeah. Um, It was very important that the people who worshipped Diana in that particular uh, group of worshippers, it was very important that they be um, close to the position, to the the place where their goddess fell, because, again, Lake Namie would have been uh, one of the uh, most holy, natural
0: altars Mm -hmm. to Diana. All right. So so that's some more. And, and, and that's where we see a lot of the very bastardized idea and concept around moon water. Mm. We talked about that, a, a, a God, more than a few episodes ago, about how moon water really isn't traditional. But no. moon water comes from this idea that because the visage of the goddess is placed upon water, that water is then made holy and so it was not uncommon for uh the priestesses and the followers in the cult of diana to gather around this natural moon altar and collect water during the full moon um, and it would not have been for what most people would have th- thought it wouldn't have been used for cleansing or anything like that it would have been the equivalence of something to use for divination yeah um, and that's they true. would have one of the most popular ways to divine in that area of the world is to scry yes water scrying was um, very common mm-hmm. and so they would use this but the sun was not allowed to touch it so they'd gather it and then they would use it in their divinatory rituals so um that's where we get some of that from uh fun little tidbit wild strawberries grow all around and all over Lake Nemi. I love
1: the association of strawberries and Lake Nemi because, um, in the, in our area of the world, um, indigenous communities, there are stories about how, uh, the strawberry is sacred mm-hmm. to, uh, a figure in native American indigenous be- spiritual belief that, um, and not, no, I can't, you know, not for every tribe, not for every community or every nation, but, uh, but some of them have this. Um, they tell stories about Star Woman or the first woman mm-hmm. who was, in essence, kind of seen as the, the mother of humanity on this world, at least in, in some some tellings of the stories and how um. she uh, different stories have it a couple of days. One story will say that strawberries are the first thing that she um, came to eat in this world after she descended or came to this world from another place. Um, Other stories say that she actually, um, she, she created strawberries, that basically strawberries uh, bloomed or came into being through uh, her actions and her inner, her inner connection with the physical world here, right. As a, as a divine being. Right. So I always thought that was really interesting because we have these parallels with goddesses that are associated with starlight, Mm-hmm. who descend to this planet from another plane, whatever that may be, right? Mm-hmm. And then they both have this tie to this very particular fruit, mm-hmm. right? And these are goddesses uh, of wor- who were worshipped. I don't know if goddess is necessarily the right term for Star Woman. But that's okay. We're going to go with it. These are goddesses or divine feminine beings Spirits. who were... Um, like the the origins of their worship, like we're talking other side of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are cultures that had nothing to do with each other, right? Um, very you know very little historically, very little connection, and so I always find that like that's amazing. These
0: just these parallels, right? Um, but that that stuff pops up all over the place, mm-hmm. right? Well, and it's 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 funny because we also see a lot of associations with uh, fairy or fata. Um, I was wondering if fruits. you were to talk about
1: her uh
0: yeah. Well, of course I am. You know, we there's this, many moons ago, in a land far, far away, uh, I'm talking 2020, um, there is this <clears throat> th- idea and this conception that fairy and fae folk were only for Gaelic, Scottish, and Irish people. God, I love that, yeah. And all I can say is that the term may not be fae folk, or little little folk or little people or the wee people. In Italy it's fatta, laza, and we have you know laza are elves. Fatta are fairy and these spirits in Italian folklore at least though mischievous tend to have a less i want to say devious nature than we would see with like traditional gaelic irish scottish kind of uh well i mean they can be just as just as mischievous and even malicious oh they can um, but we don't we don't interact with them in the way that, that you might in gaelic culture no no in, in in italian culture we we connect with them and they usually like to gather around when we're doing magic um they're usually attracted to that and in um stories with diana diana as she descended and she came came to came to the earth she did a series of works she did a series of spells or magical feats Mm -hmm. where you know one of them she blew into the bladder of an ox until it exploded um and from there the stars turned to mice Mm -hmm. and mice came down from the sky and she um she then was proclaimed queen of the fairy. And so there's this huge association with her and uh, elemental like creatures as well, mm-hmm. which is why Italian witches, we are very in tune and in touch with those particular types of magics. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yes, good
1: clarification. Yes. So she is queen of the, the fata, or is yes. seen as queen of the fata or the, the, the fey. Yes. Of the fairy creatures. Yes literary races. Um, I think one of the reasons that we interact and and Austin, you you feel free to, to share your 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 take on this, your opinion on this. But I think one of the reasons that we in the in the Mediterranean that Mediterranean witches, many of us uh, interact differently with fey beings and why we don't necessarily have the. Uh, it's not that we don't have superstitions around them. We we certainly do. Yes, we do. <laughs> but um, but we don't tend to fear them or we don't look at them in the same way. Maybe that many other cultures might, because I really truly believe every culture does have some version. There is there is a version yes. or uh, an appearance of the fae, what we call fairy creatures, the Fata, in, in every culture. Oh, yes. Uh, but, well, they were here before us, so. Well, and that's exactly where I'm going, is that I think as as uh, Italian as Mediterranean witches, because of the connection that we often form with goddesses like Diana, um, Fata or fairy spirits are often I think seen as um, almost like distant cousins to humanity. Very different, obviously very different forms of life, right? Um, And, you know, and in no way do we want to, um, in saying that, in no way do we want to then decide that we can be overly familiar with these spirits or um, you know, like it's, we we need to to be respectful and not be overly casual when we're working with these kinds of spirits because they can be unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Um, But but that's one of the reasons why i think that we don't tend to um approach a lot of these spirits with maybe as much fear you know um at least that's been my experience i I can't count the number of times i've gotten into a conversation with someone who is a component of a gaelic or um well well, yeah just some sort of gaelic or celtic kind of tradition and then the conversation of the of fae or fairy comes up and they immediately like clamp Quiet. Like they're like, mm-hmm. we don't even talk about the fair the fair folk. We don't even talk mm-hmm. about these. But even to talk about them is to invite them into your space. You know, to draw their attention is a bad thing. And you know, and the rest of us, the Italian witches in the room are like, they're uh, already like, here. Like, like they're they're here all the time. And even if they weren't, let them come. We will uh, give them offerings and have a party, right? Um, yeah. Well,
0: well, in the Mediterranean, we're the same way with our dead too. Like we're, yeah, we're 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 superstitious true. of the dead, but we are most definitely like like in a lot of cultures around Shadowfest time it's oh no stay inside light the bonfires put the offerings outside with well, us we're like fuck yeah party come on in yeah come yeah, on true. in ancestors. yeah that's true
1: yeah we and we and in, we invite our dead but in. to we be fair
0: we. italians really love food and a lot of our dead just show up and they're <sniffs> like cool you made my favorite pasta badu yeah exa- exactly yeah we do we do tend to do a party and eat a lot at our, our gatherings
1: all right yeah, I was wondering if you're going to throw out a little bit more about her as queen of the Fata or the fairy, because I, I think that's another association that people don't um, commonly have with Diana, or they don't see that. Um, so, all right. Let's talk a little bit about the personality of this goddess, because I think that, and we need to be very careful in doing this, I think, or we need to be, again, um, respectful when we have conversations like this around deity deities or these kinds of spirits, excuse me, um, because we I think we, as practitioners, we sometimes fall into patterns of humanizing our gods mm-hmm. and many of the spirits that we work with. And of course, of course, we're going to do that, right? We yeah. we establish a familiar connection, a personal connection with something. We want to hope that that thing is going to be as maybe as like us or maybe similar to us as possible, yeah. right? And so it can be very easy, I think, for us to humanize these spirits Um, But we do have to remember, these are not human beings. They are our life that exists on a a very different plane of consciousness. Um, And they are capable of doing things that, um, well, we cannot. Well, they also have Um, a different set of morals and ethics. Exactly, yeah. And we've talked about that before, right? How their view, their outlook, and their behavior can be,
0: um, is decidedly Mm -hmm. inhuman. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I think I get frustrated when you have people who are like, oh, yeah, no, like, these 15 different deities chose me. And I'm like, yeah. no, one trickster chose you. And their yeah. moonlighting is these other spirits. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with tricksters. We've had this conversation multiple yeah. times. But it's very much like... like or I love, like, the, the baby witches, quote, unquote, baby
1: witches, who term. post shit on, like, you know, uh, social media feeds. or like, yeah, I sat and played video games with Odin all afternoon. And it's like... Uh,
0: no, you didn't. That's called spiritual psychosis. Yeah. Um, so, so it just, it just gets me because that humanizes them and takes away from their, I, you know, I don't know. I like the, like their stature as a God or deity. And well, there's nothing wrong. I want to I want I want to be very clear about this,
1: okay? And, and again, you, you let me know your opinion on this, right? Because I think you and I, we sit in slightly different places around this, or our belief in this, and experience in this, okay? But um, I I want to say I don't necessarily feel that there's anything wrong with humanizing our gods.
0: Well, no, because that's what we do as humans. But we humanize I things.
1: I think that in the process of doing that, we, as you were just saying, we limit them. Mm-hmm and in the and also in the process of doing that we can become uh overly familiar in
0: a way that it can make our practice and our approach with those gods like maybe maybe too casual Mm -hmm. i well no i i agree with that what i say when i say humanize what i'm talking about is Mm -hmm. the yeah like i sat and played video games with my goddess they just love watching me play video games and i'm like probably not yeah i always want to ask those people like why are you so
1: special that you have the attention of this god all to yourself for an entire afternoon while you played
0: whoever Fortnite. whoever the hell you played on on your xbox you know right? and that's what that's where i'm not at you know okay. do i have conversations with hecate and diana and lucifer yes they're not conversations in the way that i'm having a conversation with you Sometimes they are cuz that's how the human mind processes things. Well, I hope not cuz sometimes you're really mean when you talk to me and if you talk to the gods like that, I would they probably strike you down. I could just <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so so that's what I mean when I say like humanizing deities is not is not cool cuz yeah, I have a personal relationship with these spirits that I work with and I can approach them in a fairly casual manner in the sense of like I don't need to go through a three hour evocation and ritual to say, a, to do a working with Hecate or Diana or Lucifer. You know? But, I, feel like, I feel
1: like in the course of this, just this last piece of our, our episode, that we have said, don't humanize them, but humanizing them is okay, but don't humanize them. Um, it's, it's a I balancing wanna, act. I, they're, okay, thank you. Okay, it's okay, a balancing right. act because
0: <laughs> they're not like I'm talking to you right now. Okay. It's very much... They're like a... They're like a boss. Okay. They're there... Like a boss. Like a a CEO. They're very aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. They are very aware of what's going on in their company of Austin. Okay, yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. They are very aware, and my spirits interact with them more than I do. Okay. But... Because well, your spirits
1: are like upper management in this scenario, yes. right? Gotcha. Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: And so, but I still fire off an email mm-hmm. and will most likely get a response back because I'm doing my work. I'm making sure that I'm meeting my deadlines, all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. So see that, that's how I humanize them. Gotcha. Okay. Is it's, it's organizational in nature. Okay. All
1: right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes. That mean. Make, yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay. Let's shift back to the personality of the because I think it is good. And and again, after having you know given a little bit of, of a, you know precaution on on humanization of deity, um, I think it also it is fair to to kind of for us to discuss that um, these spirits and this is one of the things I think that a lot of people are really looking for mm-hmm. when they want to connect to a deity or a god is they're looking for that personal connection and through the personal connection you are certainly going to experience personality yes of course right so when diana comes into a working space with our coven how would you describe her Her not her energy necessarily right because energy is one thing but demeanor and personality are, are a little bit different so how would you describe her personality who's evoking her Um, well, we'll just say just, uh, well, because it changes. Well, it's true. Well, all right. Why don't you talk about that a little bit?
0: Uh, Well, it changes. So when our matriarch evokes her, Mm -hmm. um, it is this very warm, motherly, every single time our matriarch, every single time mom evokes Diana, Mm -hmm. I'm almost brought to tears. It is this sense of like. Everything is okay. And you never cry because you're a psychopath. Um, Oh, don't cry. (laughs) It's this this overwhelming overwhelming feeling of I see you. I accept you. I welcome you. Mm -hmm. Everything's okay. Let's do the work. Like, let's do this. Okay. You know, when you evoke her, it is, I'm here. We have a job to do. Let's get it the fuck done. Mm -hmm. When Wendy evokes her, it's it's a uh, it's very serious. It's more serious than when you evoke her.
1: Oh really? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Um, okay.
0: and I don't know if that's because she's being evoked by a woman. Hmm. Because Diana does tend to favor women. Yes. Uh, she does love her gay boys though. Yes.
1: But she does not hate men. No. Which clarifies she's not a man hater. No. I've heard people say that before that she is a man hater no. and that she is a turf and neither of those things are true. No,
0: she, she, she loves and welcomes everyone as long as you are not a bigot, racist piece of shit. Yeah, because um, she is a goddess of the people. Yes, and so when Wendy evokes her, it's more serious, but it's like, it's very teacherly. It is that I'm a serious teacher and we're going to get things done, but there's that bubble that comes underneath it. Okay, so at this point, I want to say so. Would you say that that... That is directly in correlation because, with the people who are evoking her.
1: Okay, well, yes, absolutely. Okay, but there are a lot of people are going to hear that. They're going to they're gonna go, well, how then do you know that some of these situations or some of these people are not necessarily maybe calling in a trickster? So, and I don't want to go down that path because, that, God, that's a whole episode in and of itself. Okay? Well, but, but no, what I want to say is, would you say that this could be, that particular situation, that could be evidenced as and we've talked about this before on the podcast, that these spirits are they're they're not just one dimensional correct right mm-hmm. the, you these gods this goddess in particular the one we're talking about tonight diana she is a mother yes. she is a goddess of magic or a goddess of witchcraft rather she is a huntress yes she is many things yes and she can as you were saying absolutely show up in different aspect yes or with a different kind of a presence
0: mm-hmm. so <clears throat> i am going to quickly address the tri- trickster thing because I know that all the witches in our coven have done their work and they've done their shit, and I trust mm-hmm. our spirits to make sure the tricksters don't get through mm-hmm. in the guise of a goddess. Okay, well, we're talking about our coven right. now. We're talking, like, like, like so, expand that out to other people, maybe. Expanding it out to other people, because <clears throat> each and every single one of those aspects that you feel from her is goddess. It is not, oh, hi, I'm Diana. It is, I am a goddess. Mm-hmm. It is that sense of I can wipe you out, yeah. little one. I won't, yeah. but I could. Okay. And that's how you can tell the difference. Normally with a trickster spirit, it is I'm unnerved. I'm unsettled. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Whereas with a goddess, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah. There's no room for illusion there. Um. And I think the reason it feels different with everyone is because the aspects or the archetypes that she's connected to are filtered through the prism that is that person doing the evocation. Mm-hmm. Right? So we have mom, who is the mother of mothers, and she's cancer, so she's she's literally mom. Mm-hmm. Right? And so yeah. of course, as she would call that energy in and that spirit through mother. Okay. You, functioning as high priest, it is, there's is work that needs to be done, let's get it done. With Wendy, it is, I'm teacher, but I will find it. I will find these things. Because if anyone can find a good travel deal for you, it's Wendy. She's a huntress. She can find good hunt. She, okay. she's, she's a Here's good saying, huntress. So Wendy's evoking the huntress aspect? Yes. <clears throat> gotcha. Okay. And I will say that because every single time that each one of you has evoked her, you have an archetype you go to right away. Wendy's as huntress. Mom's is um, queen of the fairy, mother yeah. of Aradia, mm-hmm. and you is queen of witches.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's 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 take that conversation or that that topic around personality. Let's let's maybe let's simplify that a little bit. You touched upon a couple of these, right? So we see someone coming into the room that is regal, mm-hmm. right? This is a queen. Yes. Okay. Uh, but she's not unkind. No. Right. The, the sense of superiority that we maybe often associate with someone who would be a queen. OK, it is it's that that it's balance between sovereignty. Like, exactly. Like I am sovereign. And yes, I am uh, different than you. Not better necessarily, mm-hmm. but I am in a very different position as it would relate to my uh, my current life experience. Yes. Right. Or or. Plane of existence maybe would be a better term, right? Okay, um, she's very strong. Yes. Right, and I don't mean strong like a queen. I mean strong like a warrior. Yes. Because we've talked about her being a huntress, but a huntress really in essence is very similar to a warrior. Yes. Right. There, there's a very similar dynamic there in that you are um, potentially you are in the position of of being the decider of life and death mm-hmm. and you are a hunter, yes. right? Um, <clears throat> so. As queen of the fata, I have very often found her to have uh, kind of a, a slightly uh, more playful kind of an energy. She, don't get me wrong; she's still very much the queen, um, but um, effervescent. I have noticed um, effervescent. That's that's
0: that's how I would describe that.
1: Vivacious, she is. Yes, exactly. Effervescent. Yes, she's. Um, yeah, she just. She's. Um, I think she's she's more into the party at that point, right? She's kind of like like ecstatic. Like when I'm here and I'm in this space, I'm ecstatic. I, I know we're going to be doing something that's going to be fun for everybody in this space, mm-hmm. including me, right? It's kind of the kind of the energy, right? Now, looking at that, I think it's important for us to clarify that those of you who maybe want to connect more strongly with Diana, you need to look at a way or you need to look at perhaps how some of these personality traits or qualities manifest within yourself if you are wanting to connect strongly to a goddess that is a queen in some sense, you either need to approach that goddess from the perspective of being the dutiful servant who will absolutely do everything you can to treat her like the queen she is, Mm -hmm. or you need to embody the energy of the queen within yourself yes because that will mirror the energy and influence uh-huh. of the goddess you want to attract the attention of a spirit that lives on, an, on a different plane of existence you probably need to do what you can to try to mirror that spirit's manifestation as best you as possible well we
0: say it all the time you know there there are individuals who oh, well well I work with I'm... Again.
1: it's like really yes, do again. you yes these these timid little butterflies that come in like i work with the morrigan and they're and they're shivering as they're saying it you know like they even fumble to get her name out of their mouths and it's like okay everything about what you just said and everything about what you just shared, said shared with me tells me you have never even met the morrigan
0: yeah if you are going to approach a spirit like diana a goddess like diana and you're approaching the queen of witches Mm. you better know your correspondences you better not fumble (laughs) over your spells or your evocations you better know what you're doing and that is not to say you
1: need to be perfect no because we're human and that's one of the other important things i want to throw out there about diana is that we know through many of her stories uh particularly some of the stories that overlap her as a goddess and mother to Ardhea. Mm-hmm. We know that she is um uh she is uh, again fairly loving when it comes to dealing with humanity. You know, she is particularly people who are respectful and loving to her, mm-hmm. she will return that to you. She will give that back to you happily. Yes, marginalized um, people. Uh marginalized people for sure, but but really basically it just comes down to are you doing what you can to be a good person and to fit into the the you know the village, right? Are you are you contributing? Are you are you being a positive influence in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Your little piece of the world, right? Should we know that she also is um highly favorable to children. She she loves children. In fact, one of my favorite stories of her is the story of her and the children in the garden. Right. And I love that story. And it's one that shows up or appears in, uh, the gospel of Vangelo. I believe the Vangelo. And, um, and you can tell by her interaction with the spirit or with the children in that story that she loves children. Um, Diana does. So, um, so it's, it's interesting when we look at these things and, and again, talking about how, you know, maybe some of our listeners could maybe make effort to connect with her a bit more consciously. Um, you know, remember these things, you know, be the badass witch, be, be the queen, be the huntress, be whatever it is, whatever archetype or whatever component of Diana that you see. But again, remember that you are still dealing with a spirit that can be very playful, that does have a good sense of humor. And if you approach her in the right way, she can be very loving. And uh, don't be, don't feel like you need to be perfect. Um if you want to do work with diana in that capacity then god, god become become a hellenistic pagan if you want to do that shit god the hellenists make me crazy because their their religion basically it's like it's just like christianity in my opinion like you know and i'm not trying to crap on hellenists at the moment though i realize that's exactly what i'm doing but All the rules and all the things you know and how humanity is unclean and you have to do this and you have to do this to be acceptable in the eyes of the gods and it's like yeah as witches yeah we obviously we don't work with the same gods that you you think you do because uh yeah that's never been my experience i
0: will say in my years of working with these spirits it was easier for me to connect with and work with hecate than it was for me to work with Diana. Because my old high priestess. With Hecate and Diana. Um, and. Uh, every single time. She would call in Diana. It was like this force. That just. Not scared me. But it was like an awe. Mm-hmm. And. I get that same thing every single time mom or you or anyone else calls her. And for the longest time, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm worthy of that. And the last several years, since working on myself and doing my things, yeah, I I did a invocation to Diana at the full moon. And everyone went, oh, at the end of that evocation because she came in and it was i am queen let's do some stuff Mm -hmm. let's get it done and then of course i evoked lucifer and he was like we should dance yes like we should dance we should have fun this is too serious and it was it was very interesting how they play off of each other that's true
1: okay all right have we elaborated enough on her personality
0: yes i do believe so okay all right she does not feign ignorance though uh wh- what do you mean by that she it, she is she will be the first goddess one of the first goddess to go yeah you know that's bullshit right oh, okay gotcha okay yeah. and if your response is well i just feel in your craft response to like no you got to back that up with some shit yeah, I, she's another one of these goddesses,
1: kind of like um, like you were just talking about Hecate, and I, you know, I don't want to go too far into heck about or talk about Hecate because we we talk about Hecate enough, but um, but she's another one of these goddesses that um, has very much this like you know if you come back with a well I feel this or I want to do this, and if she has at all kind of like you've caught her attention at all, rather than belittling you or rather than trying to correct you if you are in error or having an error of judgment i find that she's kind of the okay honey you can think that i'll i'll be back in a few weeks when you realize how wrong you are
0: yeah she she's not going to waste her time on yeah. trying to fumble through and she's not going to be the reason anything fails because she's gonna be like Okay, that's cute that you think rosemary can be used for everything. Okay, bye. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, you know, and and in doing that, you know, I think that again, in that that is, uh, I've I've yet to see that that has been from her that that's been kind of a malicious thing. It's almost kind of like a. Obviously, you still have a little more learning to do. Yeah. Or obviously, you still have some oh, yeah, something no. you're you're in a process of learning still, and that's fine. Yeah, it's very much. But until you figure this out, I'm I need to kind of take a
0: step back. Yeah, she's. It's very much like. You don't have time for this. And I may be eternal, you are not. Yeah. So figure it out and then get back to me.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know one thing I want to talk about before we maybe switch gears a little bit more on on and talk about some other different or some different things is there is I've had interactions and this is going to touch back upon what I said a moment ago. Uh, this idea that was I, I really think to be honest that was actually perpetuated by the what would have been kind of the the elders the the beginners the beginner the leaders of the Dianic Wicca movement as it ZD began back in car. I think the late 70s it would have been mm-hmm. um, this idea that Diana hates men uh, and even, even in that community to this day there are still people that are like you know okay men are okay but trans people are not right like you get these very extremist Hateful assholes um, in many of these these little little facets of the pagan community. Uh, they're everywhere. But uh, where I'm going with that, though, is that I I have noticed that while Diana does not hate men, it is not in her nature to automatically hate men, and she certainly does not have an issue with trans or non-binary oh, no. or gender uh, diverse people because. These are in our culture. These are still ma- marginalized people, mm-hmm. and she's another goddess that really digs the marginalized. Well, she's also uh, a goddess
0: who who values strength. And she, yes, she herself. If you, and if you are a trans individual, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of strength to come out as that and mm-hmm. live that yeah, way. It does. And so she sees that and goes, "Cool, sweet." Yeah, but she and her brother Lucifer
1: though are—oh, God, Lucifer's so Both fucking androgynous. examples. Yeah, well, they're both examples, I think of. Uh, deities antigen. that are, yes, that are very gender diverse mm-hmm. or, or very much outside of that strict masculine feminine dynamic, um, which is, I think, one of the reasons why they are two spirits or deities that work so well for so many different kinds of people. Um, anyway, where I was going with that, though, is that I, I have noticed that those Diana does not have an issue with men i have noticed that diana does not seem to play as well with male deities that are kind of seen to be a bit more um
0: hyper masculine
1: hyper masculine or yeah or or male deities that kind of embody those concepts of like toxic masculinity or even like very misogynistic kinds of things um that's another one of that we see in another one of her stories, Diana would bow to no one, particularly anybody that had a penis, Mm -hmm. Um, you know? And so I've noticed that though. I've noticed over the years that she does not, uh, does not play very well with other male deities who are, if it's not lucifer she wants nothing kind of all about that right um so yeah so that is one thing if those of you out there maybe who are polytheistic in your practice um if you are working with diana and working say with another god like i don't know thor or uh oh god maybe not thor maybe odin would be a better example odin was a very misogynistic and shady kind of god. And I know there will be a lot of Norse pagans that heads will, heads will explode when I say that, but the the stories bear out. You know, he was a shady fuck. He, he did Freya wrong, you know, and stole from her. Um, Even in God of Thor Ragnarok. I mean, well, God of War Ragnarok. You know, I'm not, I'm not... Yeah, I, I,
0: Which I, is I, what I, most of them are basing their practices off of it. Yeah, so. that's
1: very sad. Anyway, my point, though, is that I have noticed that, though. So so don't be surprised if you work with a, a an overtly masculine god it, it may take more effort for you to attract Diana's attention um, and it's probably not a good idea that you try to pair those energies mm-hmm. they're probably not going to work very well because mm-hmm. Diana is always she is going to need to be the strongest power in that space
0: mm-hmm. well and also if you yourself are a are uh and you are you have some of those traits yeah, yeah you should probably check yourself before calling her in yeah, because work she, on will, your bullshit. she will do one of two things will happen she won't show up at all, and you'll feel nothing, and you'll be like, well, this is bullshit. Or she'll show up, and she'll emasculate the fuck out of yeah, you. Yeah,
1: she's very good at putting those kinds of people in their place. That is very true. And my
0: old high priestess told me a story of when um, she was working with uh, her partner, her her, her working partner. Okay. And they had that experience where there was some hyper, hyper-masculine man. And she called, called in Diana, and Diana showed up. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of the raising the power and the feasting, like this male ended up betting down with two other men. Okay. And. Well, that just sounds like maybe this guy had like some unresolved issues. Well, betting down with two other men. Figured out. But also wanting to paint his nails. Like the type, the typical like hyper feminine things started happening to this man okay and he had no recollection of it okay interesting and as he came to and things were being said my high priestess had to have a word with him, and it was very much like you have some masculinity issues and diana did not appreciate that so mm-hmm. instead of ignoring you she let you know what it feels like to be a woman okay was one of my favorite stories. She, I thought it was hilarious. She can't, well, I. Well, I mean, it is. It
1: is funny. I. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm feeling a sense of sympathy for that man because that was a very hard way to learn a lesson. But, um, uh, or maybe maybe it wasn't. Maybe maybe he enjoyed all of that. Um, on some some deeper level, maybe he enjoyed all of that. Um, maybe that was a, an eye-opening experience well, for him. One, that's the only way that could have Um, but uh, anyway, but, yeah, but she. I that is one thing. I guess it is probably good to say she she can be if you you disrespect her or you show disrespect to the things that she values mm-hmm. that she is about she could be extremely mm-hmm. vengeful
0: or or the people who work with her yes she she's is protective fi- yes, she's very
1: protective of her followers yes yeah
0: very much like, um, yeah. well, not so much. Hecate's protective of her followers, but Hecate's kind of like, eh,
1: I've noticed, they're good. <laughs> Hecate's kind of one of those, like, like she's like, well, you know, you, you kind of picked this fight. And yeah, like, if things get real hairy, I'll be here to back you up. But um, But you have it within your means to take care of this. Yeah. So call me later. Where Diana's kind of like, I wish a motherfucker would. Like, I need half an excuse.
0: You picked the right yes. bitch on the wrong it's day! Better, like
1: I need half an excuse to go into battle for you. Uh, which is, again, one of the reasons why she's such a cool deity to work with. She's, she's very protective. She will absolutely draw that sword. Um, Alright, let's talk about some of her correspondences. Uh, because, again, I think that in working with, in trying to actually put... Uh, connect to a goddess like this and to put this into your practice, to bring this into your practice, one of the best ways to do that and to call or to attract that attention is, of course, to focus on some of the uh, correspondences, right? Correspondences are really powerful in witchcraft and, and in other kinds of ritual work because they help us to give abstract concepts and more etheric kinds of things. They they allow us to give those things tangible physical form and then to put that form into ritual. And so it's kind of like this nice bridge, right? Um, but what are, and we've already touched upon many, what are some of her other sacred associations or correspondences, Austin? Lemons. Yeah, lemons.
0: Lemons are yeah. associated with the Diana. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're huge in Mediterranean and Italian work. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We talked about deers, greyhounds. Greyhounds are associated true, with she Diana. Does, she does like greyhounds. Owls. Yes, yes owls. Yes. Um, wild Forests obviously goes in arrows. Mm-hmm. Um she she likes apples. Yeah. Which is very odd, but but she likes apples, particularly the Diana Queen of Witches, mm-hmm. because when you cut the apple horizontally, there's the pinnacle in the middle. Yeah. Um, some other She's associations. That star shape. Yeah. And some other associations, associations that we'd see with her is that uh, humanity, she's very, very much connected to that, and um, the idea of the cycle of life and source of power.
1: Mm-hmm. So we've got those. We already talked about, like, the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, water, certainly, by mm-hmm. extension. Um, uh, rabbits, we talked about rabbits. Specifically um, hair. But yes, hairs. Yes, I, sh- I should clarify, because rabbits and hairs are different. Hair, the hair, not not rabbits, but a hair. Um I'm trying to think of other things that we maybe we haven't touched Ardemesias. upon. Artemisia. Uh, um yes, yes, the Artemisia family of herbs are all sacred to her mm-hmm. as are Datura. Yes, as are herbs that at least in a modern context herbs that have strong association to the moon.
0: Mm-hmm. Um yes. Uh, um jasmine, she likes jasmine.
1: Again, an herb that has strong lunar mm-hmm. associations. Absolutely.
0: She's also a goddess of divination. Yes, as a goddess of dreams. witchcraft.
1: Yes, as a goddess of witchcraft and a goddess that we, we we would see strong ties to night, darkness. Yes, as a dream activity for sure. Yes. So i I think with all that we really have kind of discussed at this point, it really, to be honest, it doesn't even really need to be asked, Austin. But why just to just to kind of you know maybe start to kind of cap this this episode off. Why, why would we choose to work with Diana? Really? I mean, again, like I said, I think we pretty much made that clear. But again, if there were anybody out there that was maybe still confused, why would Diana make such a, a good, or is, why, why is Diana such an excellent deity potentially to, re- to reach out to?
0: I like it because of something. Is. I, I, I like her um, because of something my, my old high priestess Tammy said, which was she's a goddess of the people for the people and by the people. Which sounds very political. I was just going to say what the... the... But she she very much is. She's not a goddess that is this huge, large-scale, big, like, everyone knows about this particular deity. She is very localized and centralized to particular parts of the world. And, you know, there were cults and the association of her with... Uh, now that we see Mary, you know, um, oh, you're 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 getting a little ahead of me there. Oh, sorry. I, was I thought we, we were up. wrapping up the episode. Well, not um, not
1: quite. Okay, you you mentioned though before you, before we maybe tangent to that or move to that. You mentioned like she's some a goddess that tends to be a bit more localized. So I want to I want you to clarify this because this is always a question that comes up. And with the issues that we're all trying to do or the the additional effort that we're all trying to make these days around being respectful of culture and not appropriating things that we shouldn't be. Do you have to have Mediterranean ancestry? Not that everybody doesn't, because most people do, at least a little bit. Do you have to have Mediterranean ancestry to work with Diana?
0: Yes. Leave her alone. No, you don't. Um, Okay. So seriously, no, you do not. Seriously, no, you do not. Um, I will say, just like with... Any other deity, research that culture. Because remember, the Diana we are talking about comes from a very particular area in the Mediterranean. She is not the Hellenistic Diana. We've said that several times. Mm -hmm. She doesn't care if you're dirty. She doesn't care if you have quote-unquote miasma. She doesn't care if you're dirty? Yes. I'm saying dirty it's miasma. As
1: like, in, like, Austin, you've been a very dirty boy. No, she doesn't care about that either. Because oh, okay. she's like, right.
0: I have that aspect too. She's a goddess of sexuality
1: and sensuality as well. Um, well, not, not in the realm of, like, a Venus or an Aphrodite. But, no. But as as a goddess, like, there there are stories we do know that she, she did
0: have sexy times at least once. Yes. Um, so... She is for everyone who is willing to learn and work with her respectfully and appropriately. It probably bears mentioning at this point that the Diana that we've been talking
1: about tonight is actually probably going to be a... We've been talking about the witch's Diana. Yes. And in looking at... Uh, connecting and reaching to her it it is probably fair to say that a lot of the information that we shared tonight could be harder to find Um, not impossible but if you were looking for information to corroborate or to support a lot of what we've shared, realize that a lot of this information is information that has been kept by a lot of the old witch families coming out of the Mediterranean Mm -hmm. Uh, Southern i should say mid to southern italy and northern sicily primarily mm-hmm. um and it could be a little bit more of a challenge to connect to the witch's diana without the assistance of an actual mediterranean witch to mentor or correct to, to teach you so uh, don't don't lose faith right that does not mean that you cannot still connect to diana because even if you're relying on the information that you are getting solely from books on greek mythology or roman mythology that is still diana in some sense and you can you can still go with that okay so don't lose hope and as austin was saying no you do not need to have family that and and have genealogical roots back to the mediterranean to be able to work with her effectively okay that focus craft mindset is just just makes me crazy it is got that has got to go away it's got to go away it's disgusting that we still have white supremacists in our communities telling us that you can only work with the spiritual traditions of your ancestors. It's like, that's bullshit. Unless it's a closed practice, don't be afraid to give it a shot.
0: Well, also on top of that, respectful. Exactly. It's all about respect. Yeah, and actually earning it. And earning it. I yeah. um, can't tell you how many times, oh, you work with Hecate and Diana, but you're white. You, you're, you're, you're white. You're, you, should be working with Thor and Odin. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't. I have no desire to. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't give a fuck or care to. I don't give a shit. I don't personally, not,
1: a, not only that, but that's also that's a very limited, very limited um, perspective on. Uh, that obviously tells you exactly where that person is in their perceptions of issues of race, ethnicity. Culture, mm-hmm. these kinds of things, because well, this is also what this... we have today, as far as like being like the concept of whiteness, mm-hmm. is something that has really only been in existence for maybe like the last 300 mm-hmm. years or so.
0: Well, also, I. I... I, I don't have any Nordic or Swedish right, exactly, ancestry. Right, that's the other thing, right? Like, <laughs> like, like I might maybe have skin that's about the same
1: color as you do, Mr. Whitey, but um, but I'm... I'm we, not we also your, need to remember that this is the person who... Not your flavor of white. ...who
0: who had two people of color come see them for reading, and he told them that they need to look into hoodoo and voodoo. And they yeah, were like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually really interested in, like, Cornish craft.
1: Well, and not only that, but, like, the voodoo-hoodoo thing really also irritates me, because... Everybody thinks that, like, I hear that shit and it makes me crazy because what that tells me is that ignorant white people, typically, who have no concept of uh, different ethnicities and the spiritual practices of different ethnicities, uh, ethnicities and races, that tells me that they think anybody who might potentially have ans- African ancestry, that, like, everybody in Africa was at one point a voodoo practitioner. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, like, voodoo as a spiritual practice and a religion, because it is a religion. Voodoo is, like, that is, like, one tiny corner of Africa. There's, like, a whole fucking, like, there are how many other countries, how many other areas and territories within Africa that are, like, okay, that that have, no, we don't do voodoo here. We do something else here. We do something else here. We do something else here. And now, unfortunately, because of white supremacy, now most of uh, the majority of Africa is also now... Leaning more toward Christianity,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is horrendous and evil. Um, that Those people have lost their spiritual connection to something other than Christianity. I'm not saying voodoo, but something other than Christianity because Christianity is a lie. It is a false religion. And anybody who listens to that and gets upset probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. Why are you listening to which podcast? Uh,
1: anyway, so, all right. I'm sorry, I kind of, I kind of interrupted you there, but I, I felt the need to say that. Anyway, all right. So let's let's talk about this, okay? Because you you kind of popped my bubble on this a little bit, okay? The Virgin Mary, okay? Why why bring her
0: into this particular episode? Why why bring her up? Because the Catholic Church was very very good at eradicating the paganistic beliefs of the ancient mediterranean people and one of the most prominent religious figures in ancient mediterranean paganism would have been uni diana lucifer tinia and even Ecate. okay and so what they did that was that was a that was a a very
1: uh scholarly sounding non-answer to what i asked you Okay, so okay, no, no, okay. Let's 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 simplify this, right? We're talking about me, people who don't already have a connection here, okay? But, and you use the term eradicate, right? But Catholicism, actually, we know now with the benefit of uh, archaeology and and more modern takes and understandings, deeper understandings of history, and the uncovering of additional information. Did I say eradicate? You said eradicate. I, I, I meant um, to say assimilate. Okay, so okay, assimilate. Thank you. Okay, that's probably a, a more accurate word, right? Because we know that. Folk practices, paganistic practices, many, mm-hmm. and even witchcraft throughout the Mediterranean Italy, actually really probably a lot of these things really only they really only exist or continue to exist today because of Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Right? This is very much I think I think this is a very misunderstood component of alternative spiritualities coming out of the Mediterranean. Well,
0: I mean so you take statues of Mary. Yeah, which is more specifically what we're talking about. Yes, you take okay. statues of Mary, mm-hmm. and you mirror them against the statues of Diana. Mm-hmm. They're practically the same, because mm-hmm. they were. The church went, oh, you, work, you, you you worship this deity. Well, good news, we have the same one. You don't even have to change your change your statues. They get to stay the same.
1: I'm I'm googling the. Um, I can never remember exactly where it is. I always want to say though it's in the basilica, but but I, I that I know that's not it because. Um, but that's the first one that comes to my brain because um, it's you know it's such a popular one, and I'm looking to see if I can find this specific statue. It's a very famous one, in uh, in Italy. And, you know, and I'm having a difficult time finding it now. That's okay. Anybody listening to this episode, okay, you can do a Google search, okay, for something as simple as, um, and what I just searched for was statues of the Virgin Mary with a crown, okay? These old statues, these old depictions of the Virgin Mary wearing a crown, if you notice, that crown is lined with stars, and in some of those statues some of those those depictions you even see the virgin mary holding the infant jesus and what has happened in that those situations is that the Sculptor, the person that recreated the image, or or even I should say originally created that image of Mary, was very often operating um, or using older depictions and models of the goddess Diana as a goddess of starlight, a crowned goddess of starlight, and very often the goddess Diana holding the child Aradia. Okay, so if you want to look up... Is that the one with the moon? I was looking for the one specifically with her sitting on the crescent moon... With a crown of stars On her head Because that is, is the one of the more famous Depictions, the one that I always think of That makes it very clear Like, holy shit, this is Diana
0: Well, you also, so there's the Coronation of the Virgin, which is one of the depictions Okay Um, You have the Virgin Mary with a circle of stars mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's always Twelve stars, mm-hmm. and there's also a reason For that too mm-hmm. The twelve original witch families Well, we don't, we, well yeah that is that is one santa maria dell'Itra, um, and it's in sicily uh and it is it is very obvious that this is this is diana so and so, yeah. any church any catholic church you go into like an actual cathedral as soon as you walk in most of the time there is going to be a statue of her to the left up by the main altar usually mm-hmm um sometimes different churches will differ and she will be standing atop a moon holding the infant jesus crowned with stars and there's also going to be a serpent underneath her Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yes so this is
1: a another sign of the syncretic practices of christianity catholicism in particular where we have we see that they have co-opted the imagery and the story and the meaning of much of the symbolism of diana and they have used that to paint a, a bigger picture uh of their goddess or what would be the closest thing they would have to a goddess in christian belief uh because we know they love to shit on the women right um that divine feminine has no place right in christianity um And how they've used that to uh, basically influence the belief and to uh, facilitate the indoctrination of of many people who were at one point more within the realm of folk practitioners and and paganistic practitioners. So um, And there's a lot of debate over that, I will say. That's something there's a lot of debate over that. And of course, when it comes down to it, only the Vatican knows, right? Uh, But that's not true. The old witch families coming out of that area of the world also have stories,
0: and and they know. Um, there you go. That's the one. What's that one called? It is, uh, it is an 18th century uh, Virgin Mary and Holy Child on Crescent Moon. That's literally all you're going to have to look for. Okay. And this one's actually carved out of walnut wood. Okay. Which... Well, and exactly,
1: and we didn't even get into the Benevento. I I was going to discuss the Benevento on this episode, and then I thought, you know, maybe maybe not, because the Benevento gets us into a whole lot of information around some of the old witch families, like the Gennaro, the witches of the Gennaro, um, these kinds of, you know. And I I didn't want to tangent too far away from Diana.
0: Well, um, yeah, but some also of some of
1: that is but is closed because it's ours. Well, there's there's that as well, but I but I guess there, the the Benevento though is uh since we brought it up now the benevento is a very famous the stories tell us that the benevento is a, a very well-known sacred shrine to diana and to many of the old witch families throughout italy throughout the Campania region of italy and um it is believed that the benevento was a walnut tree um and it was a physical represent- representation of a spiritual altar that many of the old witch families would travel to through the astral plane to do work, uh, to benefit their, their communities and their villages um and those are some of the the old folk tales uh without elaborating any bit more on that because yes some of those do kind of veer into the realm of like closed familial traditions um but you can find information on the, the benevento it's b-e-n-e-v-e-n-t-o you can find information on the benevento mm-hmm. and the witches of benevento online if you do a search uh but but do be very careful about what you read there realize that a, at least half of what you're reading is probably going to be bullshit. Um, but, uh, yeah, but it's interesting, though. And we do know that that tree, the actual tree that did exist in the village of Benevento, was actually chopped down. By church. At one point was was chopped down by church authority, by Catholic church authority, because it was believed to be a gathering place for witches. Um, so it is, it is interesting the way that those historical significances and is these these actions taken by the church seem to validate a lot of the old beliefs and the old stories that we have coming from witchcraft families. Um, anyway, so I, I think we've, uh, we've talked enough about Diana, at least as much as uh, we are probably able to. And um, is there anything that you would like to add to this episode, Austin?
0: Not really about Diana,
1: but oh, you had ha- a question though. Yes, Hannah. we do yes. have so a let's, question. Let's, let's, just, let's do this
0: question. So this is a question that comes from one of our listeners, Hannah, uh, and she says, "Hi guys, I just finished listening to the plants, uh, plants episode of the podcast, Plant Spirit. You said, "Plant plants spirits." Okay, yeah, she said, okay. "Plant dance," but I think she meant spirits. Uh, plant plants dance. Plants dance. Now I want to do the plant stance. Plant stance. Anyway, hi guys. I just finished listening to the plant spirit episode of the podcast and I had a question about that. Does every individual plant have a spirit or is there an overarching single spirit for that place or plant? For example, there's tons of different oak trees around. Is there a different spirit of each singular oak tree or is it just one general oak tree that you connect with? Um the answer that I will give is yes. (laughs) Because each, when you're talking about trees, each tree is in a different place, has absorbed different memories of that area, and is going to respond in tandem. But when you're working with plant spirits, if you're working with a plant spirit of oak, you're working with a plant spirit of oak, no matter what oak you're working with. If that makes sense. So just because my detoura that I grew in the backyard is not the detoura that grows... Up the street, outside of the coffee shop that we sometimes go to, if I'm working with that spirit, it's still the spirit of Torah. So if we think about it, think, if we think about it in terms of like the soul and the spirit, right? So if we're thinking about the soul of the plant as this. The soul of Torah is this overarching sp- spirit that basically is this is what I do. This is my personality trait. This is what I'm good for the spirit of that individual plant has its own personality likes dislikes and ways to communicate trees okay. are a little bit different but d- that's because trees are trees are different trees are just different yes like the spirit of the birch is pretty it's protective the spirit of the birch is always going to be protective it's always watching it's always looking it's always knowing but the birch tree here is going to have a different feeling than the birch tree Across the way, simply because it's experienced different things over here than the tree that is, again, across the way. How? What
1: say you, Mike? Um, no, I, I would I would agree with you, pretty much there. I, I one of the other ways that I try to explain this, and I basically I'm just going to be saying what you said, but in, in different terminology, um, is I explain this to people a lot when I teach classes on herbalism and working with plant spirits. Um, I explain this to people um, in, again, probably more humanistic, spiritual terms, in that I say that each individual plant, you know, whether it be, you know, a a forest of trees, every tree, every, you know, it could be a rose garden. Every rose bush in that garden will have its own spirit. But, or I should say and, and... That all of those spirits together form what could be considered a collective spirit or a collective soul. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, wasn't that a group from the 90s? Collective soul. I think that was a collective soul, but whatever. Anyway, um, gross. Christian rock. Gross. Anyway, um... But all of those spirits kind of combine, or they, they, they all, are in a sense, are connected or rooted in what could be considered to be like a collective kind of consciousness or a collective kind of spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so yes, so when you are working with a plant, if you have collected components from a plant, you do probably need to give honor to that particular plant. Mm -hmm. or leave offering at that particular plant. Yes. But don't be surprised if, say, you collect rose petals from a rose bush in this area of the world this year, and then you collect rose petals from a different bush in another area of the world next year. Don't be surprised if those components have a similar energy. Yeah. Because you're still in that moment. You're still dealing with essentially the... Soul of Rose. Yes. Okay. And so, yeah. So basically, that's I'm like I said, I'm saying exactly what you just said, Austin. I'm just using different terminology.
0: Yeah. No. Um, and 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 that I I can see how that gets confusing for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Because you know, it's yeah. it's almost as if you have this one being that is using Rose for example. This one being that is Rose, the Rose Queen, the Red Queen, if if you shall, you know. And then underneath that are the little offshoots. And just because they are directly connected to her does not mean that they are going to act the same way. They'll have this the, the similar personalities and similar feels. But, you know, the rose bushes at our house are extremely happy. They, they love us. They like the dogs. Um, they like the birds. Well, they're well taken care of. They're well taken care of, you know. But then there are... Rose bushes that are um, just up the street from us. I actually think it's like across the street and maybe a block that are just absolutely miserable. They are not well taken care of. And though I would be able to go and I'd be able to talk to them and I'd be able to get some sort of communication, I'm going to be more welcome to use the roses in my backyard or in our backyard because they're happier, they're more well taken care of and I've already built a connection with them. So, you know, if you have a particular oak tree, Hannah, that you really like to go to for whatever reason, for leaves and acorns, for leaves and acorns or bark, you know, make sure you're leaving, leaving offerings and cleaning up around it. And you're going to be able to build not just a relationship with that oak tree, but you'll find that if you move elsewhere, if you've already built a really good relationship with the spirit of that oak tree, you've built a bond with the soul of the oak Which means any other oak that you go to is going to be more likely to accept you as its person. Yes. So, that being said, we wish everyone happy holidays. We are coming up on the... Merry Christmas. Happy Chrysler. Merry Crisis. Harry Grundle. My My... Missing person. Missing person. Um. So... So please enjoy the holidays. You know, it can be really difficult. It can be really hard. We get that. But, you know. This is a
1: tricky time of year. It's a tricky time um, of year. Speaking of tricky time of year, uh, we will be back next week with another mini episode. Yes. And we will post another mini episode the week after. But the next couple of weeks for the remainder of December, we are probably not going to be available to share uh, or to to record a another full Episode, yeah, like another full ninety-minute um, episode. So we we will be back with mini episodes the next couple of weeks, um, and we'll just post those on our regular days, um, whatever that means, right? Because <laughs> sometimes
0: we're all over the place. Um, but, we're usually uh, pretty consistent, but we will be back uh, in January with yes. uh, with full episodes. Yes, um, next week's episode. Just so everyone knows, yeah, um, you are going to want to make sure that you have headphones. It's really really good that way. If not, you'll be fine. I'm going to say you probably don't want to listen to it while driving. Um, but I'm going to be talking about um, what grounding actually is, uh, how it is not earthing. There's a difference between grounding and earthing. And I'm actually going to be taking everyone through a uh, proper grounding exercise. So it'll probably be about a 20, 30 minute episode, really. Mm-hmm. Um, nice and mini, and you can use that to help kind of get yourself prepared and ready for the holidays. Yes. Okay. So other than that, thank you again for tuning into the podcast and listening. Um, remember, if you have any questions or you have any episode ideas, it's always welcome. Even mini-episodes ideas at this point, because everyone seemed to enjoy that the mini-episode Mike did on ceremonial magic. Well, not ceremonial. Chaos magic. Chaos magic. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I could do one on ceremonial magic. Um mm-hmm. you could. <laughs> um, send those to the Witches podcast at gmail.com. That is where Hannah got her question through. So if you are like, why are my questions still not being answered? Well, have you tried T H E S A L T Y W I T H E S? You missed a C. The Salty
1: Witches Podcast at
0: at gmail.com.
1: Send us there. We have a lot of people uh, post questions through Anchor, which is the platform that we use to record the podcast. And while that's fine, um, there is a a longer delay. Yes. For us to get those messages. We don't get notifications from Anchor right off the bat for those. Um, So if you want to you want to make sure that we get to your question in our
0: following episode send us an email yes and we i will again have us put the email in the description of this episode so that it'll be easier for you to find that yeah okay happy holidays happy witching and good luck yes